0: How was thanksgiving
1: it was good it was very good it was yeah. nice we had a nice time had a very nice time i'm getting my voice back a little bit it's sounds taken like a it. really long time but i my voice is still a little bit low but it's not quite as raspy that's at good. least I, I think so you guys tell me better than me
0: yeah it sounds closer to normal yeah For sure
2: we didn't have thanksgiving last year so it was good to see oh. family
0: this year
1: oh yeah that's okay. true i forgot about that yeah
0: It was a little strange for us this year because my, I don't know if I said this last week, but my um, nephew is away at college for the first time this year. And uh, so my parents and my brother, his family, they all went to, actually in Ohio, they went to his place for Thanksgiving to have Thanksgiving at his college with him, which is great for them. And they had a good time and everything, but it was weird for us to be here and Like the people we usually have Thanksgiving with are not here. So we ended up going over to uh, Josh's house and had it kind of a shared Thanksgiving with their family. And it was pretty awesome. Nice.
1: Yeah. Nice. Bob, how many siblings do you have?
0: I have an older brother and an older sister. Oh, that's I thought you had more than that. No. No. Yeah. And they both live here in town, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have two brothers, two older brothers and a younger sister. But
1: you assume everybody knows that, but they probably don't know that. (laughs)
0: Cool. Well, what else is, uh, what else is going on other than Thanksgiving? I mean, okay. Well, I have another question actually about that. Did you take any time off over that long weekend? Because for me, my, that time is affected by the fact that my kids are not in school. And so I'm curious from like other adults who don't have school schedules to work around.
1: Well, I'll be honest. I, Taylor forced me to stay away from the workshop all day Sunday. Hmm. so we we laid around and watched netflix all day long on sunday till about seven o'clock at night and then i came back to the shop just because i had to take care of some stuff we, taylor's got a workshop that's got an apartment attached to it so we were at her workshop and so i came back to the shop and <coughs> i worked from seven till four in the morning to get,
0: <laughs> just, to, just to make up the time, just to make up the time, <laughs> <laughs> away from the shop. I
1: was, I just kept tinkering. that was the night I posted an Instagram post of me punching holes in paper. I don't know if you guys had seen that. I actually was experimenting with reels and I accidentally posted a reel of it. I, I, I was trying to save it to a draft, but the, uh, yeah, so it was not like a weekend like that where there's no, there's no high expectations of getting things done. I took an opportunity to tinker. I printed a bunch of stuff. We, we have thousands of razor blades coming into stock and every one of those is, has an accompanying poster. So every couple of days, I just haul off and print about 500 posters just to start to build mm-hmm. up the posters. Cause the razor blades will be here any minute. And we're going to have a lot of, we're going to have a, a packing frenzy when they show up. And uh, so I, I just need to keep like chipping, chipping stuff down. So that particular Sunday evening, from about eight o'clock on, I just tinkered and dilly dallied and cleaned up the workshop. Yeah, it was fun. So I got, you, I, got David? I got my filling. I
2: still had uh, another sponsor obligation, and so Thanksgiving was really at the wrong time. Like I, I worked up until mm. Thanksgiving, and then didn't work on that Thursday, and then. Friday morning, I was I was back at back at it finishing up the project. So, um, most people probably love holidays and, and and days off, but it really throws up throws my schedule into a, into a loop. I'm like, I enjoy the holidays, I enjoy the time with the family, but I am a man of uh, routine and
1: things uh, like. I'm with you. Yeah. I said to Taylor, we were laying around. I said, I have to. I looked at the dead seriously. <laughs> I go, I have to get out of the house and go for a walk. I go, I can't do this, like, continuously. I feel like I'm literally strapped to a gurney. I go, I have to go for a walk. So we went for, like, a three-mile walk in town where, near Hudson and looked in shops and did a really, really deep inspiration walk, which was, which was what I needed. But I said, I can't. Taylor's the type of person that could just, like, lay in bed and watch TV all day long and like completely check out from all of our obligations.
0: I can't, I just, I can't do it. I just can't do it very easily. Yeah. The people that can do that, there's something about that. That seems really, that would be nice. That would, it would be nice to be able to completely like unplug, just relax and not feel like you had to do something, but I'm with you, both of you. I, that's a big struggle for me just to sit around I mean, we've talked about the vacation thing before. It's the same kind of thing. It's even if it's in your own house, you know, and uh, yeah. So with the weekend, I didn't go into the shop very much, but when I did, it was, I tried to make it not like uh, productive in the same ways as usual. You know, it was more, well, how could I rearrange this section or how could I, you know, where do I need to clean up that I always put off? Stuff like that. Yeah. So it was a little bit uh, like my brain was a little more free, but I was Mm. still, Getting a few things done here and there, but yeah, I'm with you. I can't sit around and watch TV all day.
2: It's it's not it's not that much of a struggle for me. It's just that I get anxious and like you know, I I, I think that the table saw is my psychiatrist, right? Like that is where everything is just <laughs> everything is better in the in the shop. Mm. But I'm okay being away from it. But it's what I'm thinking about when I'm way away from it.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I mean. From one perspective, you could look at what we're all saying and say, well, you have like a problem with being a workaholic or something like that. But I don't think that's actually correct because just like somebody could find a lot of enjoyment in just sitting around and like noodling on a guitar Mm -hmm. or sitting around and knitting or reading a book. Those are the things that they use to fill their time. Ours just happens to be the same thing that we do for work. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not, because I kind of go back and forth on like, well, I probably should take some time off of work because that's what we're supposed to do. But like at the same time, if you love what you do and that's what you're drawn to do, I mean, I don't know.
1: I'm much more bad. relaxed printing 500 posters than I am laying in bed. Hmm. I'm, I'm much more relaxed putting things away, sweeping than just lying yeah. in bed. Like, I have, I can I cannot watch it. Te- I can't, I huh. absolutely cannot. I have no attention span to watch a television show. I mean, I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. And lately, I've been watching The Morning Show again. I got into it again. Those are the only two things that I watch from start until it's over. Everything else, I'm in the middle of it and I just like start looking at my watch or I start playing with my phone and then I'm out. I'm not,
2: I'm, uh, not-, I'm not that uh, bad at it. We have like, we call it family time when kelly gets home from work we have dinner we watch one of our shows she goes to bed and then i'm either you know playing on the computer or going back out in the shop or, or doing something i definitely don't work as hard as i used to like when i first like when i first started the business it was like all in you in the morning you I worked until bedtime and it was like involved 100 percent in there now I still might work throughout the day, but it's not as intense. It's more enjoyable now, and because well, the, the the previous life wasn't sustainable, it wasn't it was good for the business. It was a great way to get it started, but it was not a good way to to live my life. And so now it's just like, okay, I I, I might work throughout the day, but I'm going to work at a better pace, a more healthy pace for me.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think for anybody that's starting any any kind of a business, you have that startup time yeah. where you do have to dump yourself into it, but that is absolutely not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, I've always tried pretty hard to stick to kind of a nine to five. Once I went full time, that was like, I'm going to stay nine to five ish. And then if I need to do extra, it will be at the very end of the night after family stuff is done. And, yeah, but even that, like there is very little that's so pressing with my work now that I can't wait until tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And by the time I get to the evening and we've had time with the family and then I sit down with Jenny to watch a TV show or just to hang out or whatever, like I'm I'm fine with being done for the day. Whereas I used to, you know, there's always something else. Got to get to the thing. I'm like, yeah, that thing can wait till tomorrow. <laughs> it's not really that important anymore. But cool. Well, uh, I mean, do you make anything other than... You said you did a video. Like, what what was the
2: thing? So, yesterday I put out a a segmented bowl, but without a lathe. I think a couple weeks ago we talked about me making two bowls. And I I think, I don't remember if I said it on the show or the after show, but I'm like, I'm making two of them, one on the lathe and then one power carved. And if the power carved one doesn't come out, you'll just see the lathe one. Turns out the power carved one is the only one that did come out. The one on the lathe... uh. I, when I glued up the, the rings, I didn't glue them. They weren't centered. So the wall got a little too thin on the on the top couple layers. So I stopped that one and I just finished the, the power carved one. But what I'm going to do with the lathe one is cut off that top and then turn that into something else. And so I'll talk about like this was a screw up. Um, but now I'm going to turn that screw up into a thing that it wasn't meant to be. So I'm actually saving that for another video. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, so we, I, uh, just did a, it's just, just a big old popcorn bowl and it's got a b- whole bunch of segments. And then instead of spinning it on the lathe, I just took a power carver and carved this outside and in inside shape. And it came out, uh, it came
1: out really good. So.
0: Sweet. Jimmy, did you make anything or did you just print? posters all weekend.
1: Uh, what did I make? I can't even remember. Oh, you know, I made uh, we did, I'm part of this maker mob. So we did a little challenge where we all went back and forth with each other. And, you know, it's, it's a big marketing thing, but there is a certain sense of, uh, competition in it, but it was funny to see Frank Hallworth made one of my toolboxes and he made it in this playful little Geary thing. It that was, was awesome. so, it was so cool. I was just, <laughs> I was smiling the whole time. I sent him a nice note. Uh, And it's, it's just funny. It's just, he's such a, it's like the one thing you never want to lose is that like childlike approach to just being creative. And I just love that Frank just, he's born that way and he's not going to lose it anytime soon. So that was a lot of fun. And then I did a a stool. So we, I finished that all up actually. So I had a, I can't even, I have the worst short term memory. I completely forgot I did that. (laughs) So I worked on that right up until Thanksgiving and then on Friday morning, I had to go back in the shop and finish that video and publish it for, for Saturday. And so that's really what I did. I did that on Friday. So Black Friday, I worked in the shop getting that, that little stool done, that little step stool. And uh, people really liked it. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a dud. But people really, you know, got some really nice comments on it. I was challenged by Samurai Carpenter to make something that he had made. And it was funny because, you know, we all have our styles. And, and Jesse's is an incredible woodworker. There's no doubt about it. And he showed the thing and he said, Jimmy, I'm challenging you to make this. And I got the plans behind the scenes. And I looked at it and I was like, "I, I like the construction of this, but I really like it to be rough and look more like, you know, early American style, like frontier furniture, as opposed to like perfectly sanded perfectly, you know, get rid of all the saw marks. And I mean, everybody knows. And even I know that that's, that's my personal style is to be more rustic. But when I was looking at what he did versus what I did, I am so much more attracted to something that's rougher, more texture, more like, more like kind of like where it came from, you know, almost like farm to table kind of thing, but you know, it's furniture. So I I just, it was really funny that when I was like looking at his and I was like, "Mm," like I kind of had this pressure to make it look exactly like the way he did it. Only because I just really didn't understand the challenge. I'm like, I thought we had to do it exact. And then I, I called Adam, the guy running the running the competition. He's like, no, no, take your complete. And then this was and then obviously Frank put his complete spin on my toolbox, which was amazing. And so that gave me liberty to, to just do, do my style. And, and so, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a little, little bit of a personal ra- discovery on that one, even though it was such a simple video, but, you know, unapologetic for my own personal style really is really what it was. Cause I thought like, cause Jesse's got a, a cult following, and I thought if I'm not going to do this exactly like Jesse does it, his fans are going to roast me. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I want.
0: And that's what I did. Cool. Yeah, and that's awesome. That was a long explanation, but no, I mean it, uh, that makes sense. Cool. Um, let's see. So the video we having have coming out this week is uh, you guys can see it behind me this big display case. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's pretty. Uh, thank you. So I have collected things that I like, you know, my entire life, toys and collectibles of different kinds. And in part of redoing this office to be my own personal office, um, I wanted a way to display stuff that wouldn't get dusty because it's just been like on tables and, you know, dust lands on everything. So made this really large display case. And the cool thing about it, it, I mean, it's incredibly simple construction, but it's really large. And in the display area where the windows are, there's a French cleat wall that runs up the back of it. And those cleats are all painted the same as the cabinet. So you don't really see them. But then all of the things that hold the displays have a French cleat on them. So you can move all of the things around. You can build custom displays for any little thing that you want to show. You know, they don't have to fit into shelves because some of the things are like I put a Boba Fett helmet in there. And that's a big, weird thing to put on a shelf. And so a while back, I made a um, like a helmet hanger to be able to hang helmets on the wall. And I just took that hanger and stuck it to a French cleat and then hung the helmet inside the case, you know, and like simple stuff like that, but it just makes it way more flexible than just having a bunch of shelves that are adjustable or fixed or whatever. And you don't have the flat surface of unnecessary shelves. So the light... The whole thing looks a lot more open because the light is not segmented between these little, you know, squares or rectangles or whatever. So it's a simple thing, but I really like how it came out. Yeah, it looks great. I can kind of swap it around as my tastes change and, you know, the stuff I'm interested in changes. So pretty cool. But we're going to have some plans available for that one, even though it's really simple, it is large. And so we'll have plans for that. And we've been... uh, The guys took off last week, and so it was kind of a slow week as far as like shooting things. And I spent a lot of my time getting the office here uh, a little cleaned up and focused on that. Cleaned up the shop a whole lot, which was really nice, and uh, just kind of doing stuff that I don't ever make time for because I feel like we talked about before that responsibility for you know employees people you're working with, you know, like being responsible to them to make sure that they can do their jobs and stuff like that. But with them occupied or off, I was like, oh, I can spend the week doing whatever I want to do. That's pretty awesome. So did that, spent a little time at the farm, but that's kind of what it, what I've been up to.
1: Bob, what has been the comments? I meant to ask you, what is the comments on the zip line? Did you, did you survive Don't the comment section? <laughs> Didn't look. <laughs>
0: You are a stronger man Didn't than I look. am. You know, I just decided that the trade off I, I always want to be in the comments and I always want to try to be there to answer questions. But the trade off of not being there to answer questions is that I just feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't really need the pumping up and the positive reinforcement so much. Um and any kind of negative stuff. You know, it's whether it's valid or not. It's just kind of, I just kind of don't want it. Yeah. So it's easier for me just not to be there and on certain of- videos, not on everything. But <laughs> good, and so that's what I did, good. and I felt really good about it. And I mean, it didn't get a lot of views. It it has not done as well from uh, you know uh, analytics perspective. But I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I got to mm-hmm. move on and keep going, and like I don't want to be drowned in. You know, being called out for doing things wrong. I don't think they were bad. I got the feeling that it was yeah. pretty positive overall. Right, but. right. That <laughs> you just didn't look. I did the same thing. I just there are times I just never looked. Yeah. And I kinda hate that. Like I want to. You know, if somebody's gonna take the time to comment, I'd I'd like to see it. They're taking time out of their day to, to say something, positive or negative. And I mean that I kind of would like to be able to respond to those or at least know that they've been seen and they are being seen. I'm not the only person that looks in comments, but you know, I'm just certain times I'm, uh, I'm just going to begin to make decisions that are, I don't have to do everything and I don't have to be all things to, you know, every piece of content. So this is one that I just stepped out of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very good. <laughs> that's
0: uh that's harder than it sounds because
2: my curiosity would it get is. to me. Yeah.
0: But honestly, I mean the f- the first day is when you get all of the best yeah. in my uh, history. Yeah, like all of the best uh, response comes right at the beginning, and some of the negative stuff comes then, and then after that, some of the negative stuff comes in because they're people that are not necessarily people that have watched your videos before; they just stumble upon it through what you know recommendations or whatever. And so, uh, if if I'm gonna skip the beginning of the, that influx of positive and, like, known people, you know, people that comment all the time. If I'm going to skip all that, I'm just going to skip it. Because after that, there's not probability that it's not going to be that great. <laughs> so <laughs> just stay out of it. But anyway, um, I asked Twitter for some ideas of what we should talk about. And we got a whole bunch. So thanks, everybody. And I think we should run through a few of them. Hit me. And we'll just kind of you know, quick answer. Try to get through what we can. Oh, actually, before we get to that, real quick, I'm in the background messing around with the RSS feed for this podcast, and I got a couple of messages from people who were like, "Hey, I can't see these episodes," or "All you know, some something, something freaked out and I lost my progress or whatever." I apologize. Over the next month or so, we're going to be moving the hosting of this podcast to a different place, and. Uh, So some changes will have to be made. So if you, for some reason, go to your podcast player in the next several weeks and something is weird, just try to refresh it. It should all work out and everything. But
2: am I coming along with the move? Am I still going to be there?
0: Um, we'll we'll see. I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, it's just uh just kind of technical, you know, server change stuff on the back end, but it may cause some disruption in your podcast player. You forward. I apologize.
2: You forwarded a nice email that we that we got from one of the listeners. I forgot the name. Saying, "I'm," they just mentioned something like, "I'm glad you guys
1: are here," and yeah. yeah. And I was like, "I'm glad we're here as well." Yeah, Bob. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. A, a, say, "But I'm watching the zipline, and you don't wear a helmet." You
0: know, um, <laughs> I'm
1: not going to say <laughs> anything.
0: True. But yeah, you know, I think it, uh I'm just kidding. Th- thank you for being a live commenter. I really appreciate that.
1: Negative <laughs> <a> live commenter.
0: <laughs> I don't want to give ours away, but well, okay. Do you have Do you have an internal name for a, a negative person? We have a, a physical, like a, a first name oh. that we just throw around in the office. For, Baby uh, voice no. is
1: really what I get. Baby voice. Okay.
0: <laughs> so we have this name that we always like when we're joking around. We'll say like, like Herman. Some sure, and we, <laughs> Herman, I don't want to say it because one time I met somebody at I think it was a workbench con, super nice guy, and we'd been talking Herman? for a while. And I was like, Hey, man, what's your name? and he told me his name, and I'm like, Oh, oh that's, man, that's Herman. our troll name, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we have to be careful about that because it was just a random name that I picked one time when I was making a joke. And anyway, okay, back to the Twitter stuff. Um, let's see, from AW. What will you do when you retire? Probably still make stuff.
1: Well, it's funny. I was, we went through these questions before we started and I had you guys laughing because I said, make a trailer. The joke (laughs) is that my trailer is still ongoing. It's what I've been working on. And so every question, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to beat a dead joke, but every question, (laughs) if you listen from this point on, just in your head, say, make a trailer. That's the list. (laughs) That's your answer. We've already been through this joke, but. What am I going to do when I retire? You know, it's funny. A very funny thing happened this morning. I was getting coffee at about 815 at the milk run, which is just a quarter mile down the road from my house. And a guy right in front of me at the cash register said to Carl, the owner of the milk run, hey, who's what's this guy that, that lives up on the corner? And Carl goes over there. He goes, no, no, no. Like over there. Uh, the, the guy with, with all the trucks. He goes, he's right there. Ask him. I I I i go yeah i'm jimmy i go that's my house up there he goes oh oh oh, you got a lot of trucks i go yeah i like to collect chevys i like chevy square bodies. he's like i got a chevy but it's a it's a 92 i'm like yeah i don't like that body style and uh and then he just looked for a minute and then he just like said oh well nice to meet you i live on you know whatever mccaffrey road i was like oh cool nice to meet you and uh i looked at carl and i go you shouldn't have said I was there. Then we would have known the real reason he wanted to find out who I was. <laughs> and Carl laughed. He goes, you're right. I shouldn't have said nothing. But he definitely
0: what wanted What kind of to- a weirdo has that many trucks? <laughs> no. He
1: just said that because I was standing one foot away from him when he started asking who I was. He I, he had something else in mind. I could tell by the time he going to be like, what's with that guy? I said to Carl, I go, he probably wanted to say, well, who's this guy? What does he, think he, what does he think he needs to build a barn for? I imitated him and Carl laughed. What the heck do you have so many bandsaws for? (laughs) The reason I bring that up is because I was just, what would I do if I retire is I probably would keep, keep fiddling with the trucks. Yesterday I had a reason to, to use my, my big flatbed. I got this flatbed, which is going to be a restoration project going into the winter. And I got a chance to use it yesterday and I built all the cabinets for the interior of the trailer, which we'll see ultimately in time. And I put them, I piled a whole bunch of, cabinets on the back of this big flatbed and in one trip i got them all out of one shop and brought them over to where the trailer was being built and uh you know i felt like a man driving my big flatbed truck finally felt like a man
0: <laughs> finally <laughs> <laughs> but
1: uh, no I, I i like i i'm becoming more attracted to fiddling fiddling with old trucks i don't know that's just a fad i think hmm. but if i retired and i get to fiddle with old trucks it wouldn't be the worst thing but I don't know, retire, I, don't, I guess fiddling with restorations, trucks and machines, I guess. What about you, David?
2: Uh, I, I guess in a way I feel like I've retired now. I mean, I don't have to clock into a normal job and I get to do what I want. But um, I, I And I know this won't last forever, so I'm, I'm sure I'll have a nice shop to hang out in, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I will probably, I will always be making something and I will probably, hopefully by that time that I will have a, a thing that is, that I make, that is mine, that I sell, you know, just kind of like, uh, a little bit of retirement income, you know, you can go to my website and buy a, a Pachuto, whatever that is. So I definitely will be making something cause I don't feel right when I'm not creating something, whether mm-hmm. it's out of wood or it's music or it's something on a piece of paper so i will i hope i never retire that's the plan
1: yeah i'm gonna yeah. be one of those old guys that like just like makes finds every excuse to use his lathe yeah you know I'll be like oh i could fix that with the lathe let me make you a pull for the drawer for, on my <laughs> lathe so i'll be out in the shop making everything on the lathe
2: i was gonna say i wonder what i would make with no pressure no pressure at all Like I think that I think what I would make would totally change. You know, my pacing, and and the the reason and the purpose
0: would all change. That's what I was going to say. Actually, is I think without the pressure of content around what I make, I would continue to make things, but at a different pace, with a different attention to detail, with a different like. I try to only make things that I'm interested in or things that we need now, but that that still has to pass through a filter, right? Even the stuff mm-hmm. that you need, you're like, well, how can I make that the most useful or the most attention-grabbing or the most whatever version of that thing that I need versus when I do things that I know are not going to be content, it just has to be exactly what I want. It doesn't have to be more flashy, it doesn't have to have LEDs in it. it doesn't have to have an Arduino or some connection to another thing. It's just the thing that I need. And I think if I didn't have the job and the content side of you know the the restraint honestly I think I would be out in the in the barn right now working on the Carmagnia every single day mm. just out there hammering trying to fix the metal. Because right now I don't know how to do that and turn it into content. And so I don't, you know? (laughs) And so I think with that out of, with the content thing out of mind, it would just be like, I'm gonna go work on this one thing. And if it takes me a year to do that one thing, awesome. I'm just gonna keep working on it every day. I think that'd be really cool. So Uh, let's see. Try to do some more of these. When is it time? This is from Jared. Uh, When is it time to get rid of or repurpose old projects? How often do you guys do that? Do you ever get rid of anything, Jimmy? I have a feeling Jimmy does not.
1: Not really. Not really. I mean, I kind of have this fantasy that someone will be interested in it when I'm gone. So, I mean, unless it's like... That's funny, because I took out the old tabletop in the machine shop, and it's been bouncing around out in the yard. I keep deciding whether I should put it in the fire pit and get rid of it. But there's such a beautiful texture on the other side. Like, one side is brand new plywood, because it just faced down the entire life of its table it's about eight years and the other side faces up and it has holes drilled in it notes drawn on it and and i it's like god i want to i want to get rid of that but i don't want to get rid of that i got to save it i got to save it because it's like you know it's almost like one of my journals and mm-hmm. i feel bad like throwing the whole tabletop away like i guess it has notes on it it's got like you know inches and things that i don't, I don't want to forget when I, while i'm in the middle of working on something i use a table too for layout. Can you make it
0: can you make it into like a wall divider or something Maybe ultimately I, I remember it's funny cause going back to when we did the show on
1: the discovery channel, uh, we did a show, uh, called uh dirty money and we built me and David Welder at the time, we built out the workshop in preparation for that show. And, you know, we were both kind of thinking we don't want all new shelves that are brand new plywood. It would just look hokey. So we used old tabletops that I had saved. I, I said this even last week that I saved a lot of tabletops I still have them but at the time I had a few of them and that I just turned into shelves. And so you have a shelf with like a grinder and a couple of sanding things on it, you know made out of material that's completely textured with holes drilled in it. and then you know the cut new edge, we just spray painted it black and the tabletop just looked like it's just you know very textured. So maybe I'll save it and repurpose it in that way. But to take an old project, unless it was a complete dud, which I guess I I guess I have had a few of them, you know, if I needed the material again, like maybe like stock, like brass stock or something like that. But I can't I can't really think of a good example, but I, I guess I may have done that. I'm guilty of that, but not not a lot. Hmm. David, do you ever do that?
2: Um, sometimes my old projects go to Goodwill or Salvation Army. I, um, it, I have no connection to the things that I make after I'm done with them because I've already I've already moved on. So I'm okay with remaking something. If somebody, like, I really, one of the projects that I really like is the dining table, the, the dining room table that we have. And if somebody broke into our house and smashed it, I'd be like, sweet, I'm going to make a new dining room table and it's going to be even better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I will have no
1: problem donating that. Is that that a veiled invitation, Dave? Is that a veiled invitation? (laughs) Yes, yes, that is. Uh, Is that why you keep a sledgehammer right next to the fourth chair? (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know. A lot of times in what I do, what we do, we don't get to remake things very often. We make one thing and move on. And I'm okay with that, but sometimes it it would be cool to try to make it even better. So um, I give a lot of
0: things away. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about that before, too, as far as, like, remaking things. It's hard to kind of justify redoing something, you know, on YouTube unless you wait a year or Mm -hmm. two years or something and then you know. I cuz I've got several pieces of furniture that I've had since the very beginning, like a bedside table that I made like I don't even know 2014 maybe. And it's just a steel square tube thing with a couple pieces of barn wood for the shelves and it's still looks nice and everything, but I need doors. I want to put books in this thing and close it. It's right next to my bed. Has been for so long. And I just kind of feel weird remaking that cuz I already it does the thing it needs to do <laughs> and I made it but yeah, I, I think I probably just need to like give it away.
2: And sometimes the things that I make, I, I never make anything perfect, and so I always know what's wrong what? with. <laughs> I know. I, I'm revealing myself here, but I, I know, save everything <laughs> I make because I make everything perfect. Yeah, well, that's that's what separates <laughs> us. That's 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 the, that's the difference. But I know, uh, you know, the, the hot dog table, the hot dog table wobbles because it I didn't level off the legs. Uh, and it's there's a it's video still, for that. <laughs> I, oh on the table saw where you where you shave off the have you done that trick
1: uh, oh i know you I mean you like have. slide it across the table yeah. saw blade solid yeah.
2: gently in. um but when i look at things like that i'm like oh yeah there's that thing that has the mistake in it that i have and so like i, I have a hard time really really enjoying something because i know that it's not perfect I, and nothing that I've made has hmm. ever been perfect. There's always that one, that one little thing. I'm like, I'm looking at my, my, my desk here with the uh, with the file cabinets, and um, I'm like, god ah, it's. I, I see the imperfections, and I would love to redo it. There's no reason for me to redo this because it serves its yeah. purpose
0: and it does it really well. But I could do it so much better next time. So I have a question about that. Do you, you, you were talking about not being attached to the things that you make, but also that you see the imperfections in everything that you make. Are those two connected? Like if you've made something that you I thought think was, been this diagnosed. is it. I'm done. Diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. We should, yeah, this should be a new segment on the show. You've been diagnosed. Um, I mean, do you think if you like. If you felt that something you made was perfect, would you be attached to that? Or would it still have the, I, well, cool, I did a good job.
2: I think I, be, uh, I, I think I would be attached to it for a little bit longer. But I, I would still mm. not have the,
1: I'm in love with that piece. I can, I can move on. I have a video idea. Take that piece and make it exactly the same. Exactly. Say, I have to make this over because I failed the first time. Make it exactly the same and say, now I figured it out. <laughs> actually you just gave and me the have idea. some ocd people being like what's going on i'm so glad i'm so glad you did that uh, because i was really having a hard <laughs> time in the beginning of the video and now i understand i understand you david i understand you but that's a great idea like what if i remade the hot dog table exactly but
2: we could just see the growth in video production between the two. Yeah. Like this is something that did just five do, years ago. Or
1: do the joinery slightly different. And then when you look at it, you're like, that's disgusting.
0: This one. Really nice. <laughs> yeah. You just put relish on the hot dog instead of mustard or something. Like everything else is exactly. the same. No, no, no It has to be the same. Otherwise the joke doesn't work.
2: Here's what, here's <laughs> okay. what bothers me about, about the inlay, uh, the hot dog inlay table. I am a ketchup. I'm on team te- ketchup for hot dogs. My hot dog mm. table has mustard on it. I would never put mustard on
0: a
1: hot dog. Never oh, mustard on ketchup. Mustard only. and ketchup <laughs> on both. Mustard. And, I do both. <sighs>
0: huh? But they can't touch each chili other. Dog when you put it t- on there. next one. Should be a chili
2: dog table. Chili, chili dog. dog Plus the end of the hot dog on the table where, you know, the hot dogs are connected. It, it looks like um, uh, it look, it looks like a butthole. And so when I look at the table, all I see is this hot dog butthole on
1: there. We, the next uh, table, Cool. Well, the we've got a bunch of make... other things from Twitter we can talk about. The next one you make put a little pair of underwear on the end of the hot dog. That's, that's,
0: there you go. No. <laughs> that's great. That was, that's, you know what I've always wanted to do? I'm going to give this idea away, but maybe you could adapt this somehow for that. You know how, like, in the late 80s, early 90s, or whatever, you would watch Cops, and it was always police following a naked person, and they would have like the blurred out little pixelated bubble that was following around the person's (laughs) Mm. midsection, right? (laughs) I have always thought it would be hilarious, and maybe they sell these now, to sell a pair of tight underwear that had pixelation printed on it, (laughs) so when you were wearing them, it looked like you were the person from (laughs) Cops running around naked. That's so good. Do they not sell that? Because I feel like that's a really good idea. That's funny. That's That's really good. So- Anyway, you could make a little sticker that is a pixelated version yeah. of your uh, hot dog and stick it on the table. Now yes. I want to okay, do like so a video tour on. of
2: my house of all the things that I dislike about all my projects. Oh, there you go.
0: Yeah. All right. We got some more here. That was uh, not rapid fire, by just one,
1: one more funny OCD thing is like, if you didn't like certain things about it that were completely fixable, like where it was sitting in the room. You're like, I really hate this because I just don't like where it's sitting <laughs> in the room. But like, you don't <laughs> like go enough far enough to move it. Or you're like, I, I hate this because, you know. I I just I just don't like the the knob on it. It drives me crazy. I was like, just put a new knob. Yeah,
0: it. it's we, like people go. on uh, HGTV when they're like, I'm not buying this house because the walls are green. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. What? Right. <laughs>
0: Paint the wall. <laughs> All right. So this one's from Darren Moser, who goes by Doctor sci Sci-Fi. I don't know if have you ever seen Darren's work. Either know. one of you. I think I, think, so. I think I okay, recognize so this name. Yeah. Darren is one of our Patreon supporters. And he's shown in some of our hangouts, um, he does these puppet, these like droid puppets. So in Star Wars, there's this one droid that's called K2SO, and it's a, it's taller than a human, right? It's just this tall, very skinny-legged droid. And he built this thing, and he built a connection to it where he can stand behind it in a black suit and puppet this thing. I'm seeing and I, he's I'm at it. And he's been working more recently on this other little droid that sits on your arm it's kind of like a little chicken looking i mean the shape as far as like it's on two legs has no arms has a head and he's been designing this thing in fusion 3d printing it building in lights building in controls so that he can have it sitting on his arm and he can puppet puppeteer it from behind it it's awesome darren does great stuff so just anybody who wants something cool to look at go check out darren's work um, his question was, do we have any tips for working in the field when you have to take your tools on the road for install? What is your go bag for sure? This is something that I think Jimmy probably has way more experience than the other two of us. Yeah. So,
1: I, I think the most, it. if it's going to be, if it's not something you can get to a lot or you don't want to go back to a lot, cause I, have done lots of installations in the city and, and, and the worst is it's a difficult location, difficult building. You know, you need insurance. You need to talk to the doorman. You got to tip everybody on your way to the apartment. And then you realize you don't have X and you got to go all the way back to your shop. So I load the car with everything I need. I don't do those type of installs anymore, but I would have to take every single thing because you just don't know. You might move a piece of furniture and then suddenly the trim is in the way and you got you need that vibrating end cutter that I always call the oscillator. You know, we'd always bring the oscillator because that was, we call like even on this upcoming TV show that we shot with Jackman and those guys, we called it the fix all because any problem you have, you like get out the oscillator, cut that thing. You know, so that was a big tool that we always made sure we had a funny is a funny story. Me and Dave Welder once went and installed, you guys know, Brompton Bicycles. The bicycles that fold up, it's a the, the, the British bicycles that fold up. You can like carry them under your arm. So we went to the Brompton in Brooklyn. There's a Brompton Cafe. And it's one of the signs I made a long time ago. And we went to install it. And we pack up the whole truck. It's from New York to Brooklyn. So it's over the bridge. And we get there. And, and Dave's like, where's the drill? I'm like, I thought you grabbed the drill. I thought you grabbed the drill. So we're at an installation. And the one most important tool is the drill, to drill holes in to hang up. The hooks and it's like this kind of like hipstery bar situation. And we got to hang it over our, like a container cafe. And neither one of us had the, the, the foresight to bring the drill. I, we both just assumed somebody mm-hmm. else packed it. So we had a bunch of batteries, no drill and <laughs> the drill bits in a box and no drill. And so we had to go to the hardware store and buy a little, like a, a, a like a black and Decker, like the cheapest drill black and Decker I think ever made in, you know, 2000 and whatever five and uh it was like 25 bucks and we had to drill hole through metal and by the we had to drill holes two half inch holes through an i-beam and that's where the hooks were going to hang out and the metal was like quarter inch thick it was like an i-beam flange and the drill was smoking by the time we were done with the second hole (laughs) we kept having to let it wait and cool off because it was like melting the brushes we got through (laughs) that but that was that was one of those days where i'm like from now on we're going to bring every single thing on an installation If it's complicated, it's going to just be more complicated. And there's always unforeseen things. Bring every, I had a little go bag with every single drill tip. I would buy those little boxes, like from DeWalt and Milwaukee, and I'd buy those boxes and just pull them all out and just throw them in this bag. So I had a zipper bag that weighed like four pounds. It was just full of every single possible combination of drill tips. Hmm. You just have no idea what you could like. Even yesterday, another dumb story. So I drove my my new flatbed truck yesterday, and the rearview mirror on the passenger side is is gone. It, the glass is broken out. So when I first got the truck, I ordered on Amazon a new side rearview mirror for the Chevy square body, and so I'm like, oh, well, before I take this out for a ride, let me put on the new side mirror. And I bring everything out. It's a cold day. I bring everything out to the truck. It's just like forty feet from where all my tools are in the shop. And I pile everything down. And I look underneath it. And whoever had the truck before me put the rearview mirror back on with a Torx screw. So I had every screw mm-hmm. tip with me except for a Torx. I had a, a Phillips. I had uh, I had hex. What do you call it? Uh, hex. What is the hex thing called? The Allen? Allen keys. I had Allen keys. I had Xs and slots. And I couldn't do the job with them. I had to go and find the Torx t25 because i got put a wood screw up in this thing so that happens all the time so i had to go back in the shop and get a torx drill tip and bring it back long story short bring every single solitary thing you could think of. even get the the torx (laughs) so
0: the answer is everything
1: (laughs) the torx with the hole in it did you ever get that jammed up with one of those you like get everything set up and then you go to do something and it's it's a torx with a pin in the middle of the hole
0: yeah it's like a space security
1: right torques or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's Long fine. story short, just bring everything to an installation.
2: I am such an underpacker. Like when I go on vacation, I want one bag. When uh I, I I don't like having a bunch of stuff with me. Like, I'm not gonna answer this question because I don't have any, I don't have an experience of of doing Stuff on the road, but I hate taking stuff with me if I go to like a professional football game or baseball game I don't want to be i don't want to have like food cups and a program and all the, I want nothing on my lap i want i, I want I I, I I hate I'm an underpacker so I never take enough with me.
1: That reminds me of another funny story. My brother said he picked up his son this weekend who's going to Indiana University, one of the university's business schools. I forget which one. So my brother picked my nephew up at the at the airport Wednesday. And Aiden is my nephew. He got off the airplane with his cell phone. Joey goes, did you did you he goes, No, I just got on the plane and just got <laughs> he got on <in> the airplane <laughs> in Indiana <laughs> with just his cell phone and what he was wearing. And he just gets it. He didn't even bring There's he in not a backpack. Or a oh. shoulder bag or a computer or nothing. Because he's I'm getting kid.
2: anxiety just thinking about being on an airplane and having a place to like, where do I put my laptop bag? And, and uh, like, I hate the, the crampedness of having all that stuff with me. Yeah. I want to go, I want to fly on a plane someday where I take nothing.
1: Well, for the installation, this is the, the old adage is I'd rather have it not need it than need it and not have it. I say that all the time because that day when we didn't have a drill, Like the clients, they're going, what's going on? And we're both like kind of having like a sidebar. And he's like, everything cool? Like, yeah, yeah. We're just two idiots that forgot the drill. That's okay. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So like we would have paid, like, what if we weren't in Brooklyn? What if we were in the suburbs and, you know, we had a go searching or we're at, like, we literally walked to the hardware store to get the drill. But what if we were in an area where it just wasn't that easy? So, you know, that's the point where you'd pay $100 hundred dollars just to use a drill. You know, like can I borrow your drill? Here's a hundred bucks to some other repairman in the place. he would be like, What? What's wrong with you? You know, so that's why rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I use the ice pick in, in weird situations. The I
2: like so I have two Jimmy Duresta ice that's, picks. That's a that's, that's a total right. brag right there. And I keep one in the shop <laughs> and I keep one flex. in the go-kart trailer. And it's Strange funny flex. you would never you would never think. Oh, you need an ice pick when you go go kart racing, and it comes in handy
0: all the time. How else are you going to stab other racers? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, agree. As Jim um, yeah, I, I don't saying. really have a whole lot to add to this, other than I, I think the times that I've, if I've known I'm going to build something at the farm where I don't have the full tool set, I just think through, well, with this thing, I'm going to need to cut, I'm going to need to drill, I'm going to need to screw, I'm going to need to whatever, you know, the bare minimum of actions and then i take the most general tool to do that action. So um like a jigsaw if you if you have to cut a whole bunch of stuff it's not going to be the most efficient one but it can do you can get more out of it, more types of cuts out of it than you could with, you know, just a circular saw or whatever. So i kind of look at the actions that need to be taken and then just pack the most general tool for that action, you know, but like i said i don't really have that much experience with that. Um all right. Here's a good one from Jerome. Jerome, making, at Making to Learn on Twitter, does some really awesome jewelry. I don't know if you've ever seen his jewelry. He does amazing stuff. Um, have you ever not done a project because it seemed too big? By that, I mean that there would be so much that you would have to learn in order to complete it that it seems insurmountable or that it would take away too much time from other projects and interests. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, we are paying somebody to redo our, our bathroom
2: in the spring and we will be paying somebody to do the kitchen because uh bob i have i'm very jealous that you know how to do all that stuff um but i have no i don't want to do the plumbing i don't want to i don't want to figure out drywall i don't want to figure out how to order cabinets and have the cabinets come on time so i could do the other things and yeah i um uh, a lot of times home projects are too big for me. And I'd rather just pay somebody else to do that.
0: And part of that for you though, is that you also just don't really enjoy that type of work. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, that, that means a lot, you know, like I, there's certain things I just don't enjoy doing this, like the stuff with the home improvement. I don't know that I enjoy it. Like I would want to make that my job, but I enjoy the, the end result of, Mm -hmm. of, you know, like walking into a room and being like, yeah, I did this room. That's, that's cool. But I don't know. I think his question here is about when something just seems like it's too, too complicated. Have you run into something like that? Or, or I mean, does the home improvement stuff seem too complicated to you or is it that you just don't like it?
2: Um, I think, um, uh, I, I think it, it does seem too complicated for me. I mean, hmm. um, there's, yeah, I, I that's that's how I relate to that question. Is like there's just too many yeah. things. There's, there's plumbing, um, and there's people who do just plumbing. Then there's people who do just drywall. There's people who do just cabinets, and that's there's a lot of s- different skill sets in there that I appreciate. Somebody who knows all, how to do all those things. Yeah,
0: I don't have. And I think for anybody,
2: I was just gonna say I don't have an R two D two project in mind like that. I don't. Um, I I work mostly in wood and I don't think there's a lot that I can't do. I think that's the attitude that I have when it
0: comes to making things out of wood is I can do that. I can figure that out. Yeah. I think with the, like the construction or the home improvement type of stuff, another thing for people, not necessarily you, but just other people to realize is that you don't have to do the entire thing yourself. Like, Mm. you know, you can do, you could renovate your kitchen except farm out, this, plumbing, electrical, whatever, you know, any of the things that you're not comfortable with, you don't understand, or you don't want to do or whatever, you can do part of it without doing all of it. And I think that maybe with the YouTube presentation of things that can get kind of forgotten about, you know, we see these people who are just good at, and I'm not talking about myself. We see people who are good at everything, who can do an entire home renovation or an entire this, or an entire machining project and that doesn't mean that you have to be the one that does it all. You mm-hmm. know, um, I've had several people actually reach out and offer to help with, uh, either with physical help or with knowledge about the rotisserie that I'm going to build, which yep. is really cool. And I was trying to think, is there a way for me to like break that up and get help with the stuff that I don't have the experience with? Or... And I don't know that there really is. I'm also just the personality type that I kind of want to just dig in and figure it out and do it wrong and figure out how to not yeah. do it wrong, you know. But, yeah, anyway. I, Jimmy, do you have anything like this? Anything that's seemed too big that you've just never Yeah, done?
1: well, I really, you know, like, for instance, the porch that I'm closing in on finishing, I'll probably get it mostly done this weekend. But the uh, the projects like home, lumbery, kind of, I, I just hate, like like everything April does, she does so well. And I look at it and I just mm. look at myself and I'm like, oh, my God, it seems so complicated for me. I, I used to do that years ago when I was on the team, you know, so I didn't have to actually think or know too much and be like, oh, build that wall. I'm like, okay, build that wall. So I was never like the director. But now being in charge, I'm always feel slightly insecure doing that stuff because I'm like, am I going to do it right? Is this just the right way to do it. And I have architectural training. It still drives me crazy. I'd rather kind of conceptualize than actually physically do home renovation stuff. Uh, it really irks me. It just never seems to end. That's the other problem. I can do it, but it just never ends. It's just like it's always that one piece of trim you forgot to add, and job's still not done. Ten years later, you're looking at the corner of your kitchen where I'm sitting right now with no trim in the corner.
0: Oh yeah, I'm still have I'm missing a couple of baseboards that are about this long, about six inches long, in my yeah. bathroom yeah. from over two years ago. I've just never gotten around to put them in. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wonder if uh, if if I pick and choose what I think is too
2: complicated because uh, you know I, I I just got the got the car that I'm going to try to paint in the spring like <laughs> that, that's crazy <laughs> yeah and uh, so I, you know I, 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 but that sounds fun to me so yeah, yeah I think I definitely pick and choose what what I think
0: is uh, out out of my out of my wheelhouse. I mean, I think I've had several things like that. You know, R2D2 was definitely that for up until the last maybe six months, I was still going like, I, I don't know how to do any of the I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. I'm doing all this stuff out of order. I have to look up how to do this thing before I do the next thing. And, you know, um, I think the Carmen Gia is absolutely that. I think when I look at doing a cabin one of these days, like building an entire living structure from scratch, that seems just unattainable at this point. But people build houses. I mean, they they don't just pop up. Like people actually have to build them. And I think I'm probably at least partially capable if everybody else can do it. So it's, I think, one of those things where you got to, If you're motivated to dive into it, you just have to dive into it and start. Like Jimmy always says, you can just kind of start and then figure out the next step, figure out the next step. So that's what I did with R2. That's what I'm going to do with the car and then maybe someday with, you know, an actual home or a cabin. But we'll see. Um, Let's see. We got let's do one more. One more. Um, there's a, there's several on here that are really good. Oh, this one's a good one. This is from Jonathan. Um, I'm thinking about getting one of the digital making machines, but the possible maintenance of them keeps me from pulling the trigger. Can you talk about the maintenance of 3d printers, laser cutters, and CNC machines comparing to woodworking machines? David, you had a funny response to this. Yeah. Uh,
2: maintenance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, m- Ba- for them I don't do a lot of maintenance. I change a table saw blade and get my blade sharpened when I need to, but my planer, my joiner, uh, most things are the way that they came, and I'm, I think I was pretty lucky that my 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 joiner came calibrated, and I haven't had mm. to touch it since. Um, this, uh, CNC stuff. I don't think there's a lot of maintenance. There is, uh figuring out what bits to use and, and knowing when a bit is dull. Uh, the, the table uh, is a pain point for this with the CNC because sometimes I want to do a vacuum hold. Sometimes I want to use clamps. Sometimes I want to nail into MDF. And so swapping out the table and changing that stuff is, is a pain. But I don't really, I, I don't do much maintenance.
1: Yeah, with a CNC machine, I think the big maintenance comes in making sure your spoil board is usable. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you keep beating up your spoil board, and when you, one day you need a real precise cut and you're going to have to either to pick a section that's what I often do is I'll pick a section as big as my new project hot glue down a piece of MDF surface just that piece and then just deal with that as my new surface if you know you need a precision like font cut for instance but with 3D printers
0: I use them until they clog and then I just put them outside <laughs> and forget I own them <laughs> Uh, yeah, with the CNC, the only thing that we've run into is, you know, when you make changes to its placement or, um, when you're changing out the spoil board, especially when you're setting up the machine for the first time, you have to tram the, uh, the router or the, you know, the cutter. Mm -hmm. And that means that you have to get it perpendicular to the surface. And so there is some, I don't, I don't know that that's maintenance as much as setup, but it is a... It's an ordeal, I think, to get oh. it trammed the first time. And then when you make big changes, you know, if you have to Ooh. remove the, the router for some reason or do, and like we swapped out the router and we had to take the entire machine apart. So Josh has been like rebuilding the machine in a new place, bigger, having to make a bunch of changes. But part of that process is re-tramming the entire um, router assembly. And so you run into that with the 3D printers. There's tons of upkeep depending on the type of printer that you want to get but none of that upkeep is that hard it's just something you always have to make sure that the bed is level some printers that never that never like is an issue some of them it's an issue on every single print it just depends you know people are really happy about getting a $200 3d printer awesome have fun leveling the bed every single time you want to print something
1: those are the ones that go on the porch
0: (laughs) They have, like, chickens
1: climbing all over them Oh, stuff. yeah. Like, hey, to the mailman, hey, you want that 3D printing? You can take it.
2: The laser, I don't have. I haven't had to do anything with it. So I've got the Glowforge, and I've had that for over four years. I've never touched it. I've never cleaned the inside, but I'm pretty careful about what I cut in there so it doesn't get, get too dirty. I know the tube will go out eventually, and that'll be a pain in the butt, but mm-hmm. there's no maintenance with that.
0: Well, actually, there is some maintenance that it, you may not be necessary, but it will improve your cuts. So we found out that from um when Geek's Craft, I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're friends of ours and patrons and stuff. They're super cool. And they use their Glowforge a lot. <clears throat> they ran into issues where cuts were becoming less consistent and everything. And it turned out that the mirrors within the machine that bounced the laser around started to get dirty And that will change the effectiveness of the laser as it passes over the mirrors. And so, there's some simple procedures for cleaning out the fan exhaust. Take some of the gunk that's built up on the Mm -hmm. fan. Get rid of that. Clean off the mirrors. Uh, That machine, the Glowforge, is really good about getting itself back into shape and you know, like auto focusing and that stuff, which is great. You don't have to do that manually. But there is some, excuse me, there is some maintenance around the mirror cleaning and stuff that will just make your cuts better may not be absolutely necessary but so they were giving us a hard time they saw in one of our videos from the inside of the glow forge and they were like your glow forge is disgusting (laughs) you have to clean the (laughs) and so we did and it made it made things better you know so that's something to to take into consideration Hmm. anytime you have an exhaust system with a laser which you should absolutely have or uh, dust collection around, you know, CNC. That's something you you have to keep both of those things in the proper working order, clear of obstruction. You have to make sure that there's no leaking on any of them because they just won't be as effective. So, you know, luckily with three D printing, you don't really need any sort of exhaust. So that's one less thing you have to worry about maintenance there. But uh, on the flip side, uh, you have to make sure that your filaments, if they are um, Temperamental as far as you know, like humidity or temperature, you have to keep those in the right, uh, you know, humidity controlled, temperature controlled areas, or you have to be able to correct them if they get too much humidity in them. You have to be able to dry them out. So there's some different things based on what you're using, but honestly, I think the the maintenance around those digital tools is Probably far less than what you could maintain around woodworking tools. I'm with you, David. I don't really do a lot of maintenance to my tools, but I could. Yeah, if you I did, really wanted to, you could justify your table saw fence all the time, and you could all do all these things. Most people just don't do it.
1: Well, I, with the laser, I know, uh, for instance, I know Derek has had some problems with his laser. He, I think he bought a used laser. I'm pretty sure he did. And he had some problems, got banged up moving it around and stuff, and he was able to work through it. You know, Never, ever ever having done it, you know, YouTube helped him through it. Uh, my laser was was fine. And then Aaron, when Aaron first showed up, he looked at it and goes, you need to maintenance this, you need to clean the mirrors. And I was like, well, I guess I'm never going to use that again because I came in and <laughs> he had everything like in parts. In my mind, I'm like, oh, great. And in my head, I was just like, I guess that's it. I guess I could just push that into the corner when we don't need it anymore. And uh, but a couple hours later, he was like, hey, I got the laser working fine. And I really was like one of the first sort of, Tests of uh, his capabilities. I said nothing. I was like, keep your mouth shut. Don't get mad. I was like, oh, 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 the (laughs) mirror's come out. Interesting. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And uh, he was like sitting there like rubbing them with the thing. I was like, oh, boy, this is never going to work again. But obviously it works, and it's been working since that last maintenance. And, uh, you know, I'll never do that. I'm never going to take it apart. I am never going to reach an end. (laughs) If that happens, I'm just going to have to get someone smarter than me to do it.
0: Cool. So, well, there you go. Um, got anything else we want to talk about? We're over an hour. No. So, there were more questions, but we can hang on I wonder, to some of
2: them uh, of the time. Maybe this is a job opportunity for somebody to just be like, I can come to your shop and calibrate all your tools for you for a fee. Ooh.
1: That's
0: good. Wow. Yeah, there you go. You just created a job for yeah. somebody. Well done. All right. Well, uh, let me thank our Patreon supporters. You guys can find something to recommend because I've been doing that for the last several <laughs> minutes. Big thanks to everybody on Patreon. That helps us out. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, we, we've we been getting some messages from people. Got one actually while we were recording right now from Matt Wolf talking about the RSS feeds for the After Show. Glad that was helpful, Matt. Um, if you are a patron of the show, you get the After Show, which is a separate feed of podcast Files. It's another, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever we end up doing every episode. And um, when you support on Patreon, you go in there and you can actually find the RSS feed that's specific to you. It's not the same one for everybody. And you can put that in your podcast player. The after show shows up like a separate show in your podcast player and you don't have to do anything. It's just there. You don't have to do anything except support us on Patreon. (laughs) So... Uh, If you want to do that, go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out at any level. Everybody gets the after show, but I always have to call out our top supporters because they kind of go above and beyond. And this group of people has been around for a really long time. That's Odin Leather Goods, Full Steam Designs, Rich at Lowen Designs, Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations. You can make this too. Chad from Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, and Corey Ward.
1: Thank you, guys. They're awesome. Thank you. Thank
0: you. All of them. And I hope uh, that a lot of them are going to WorkbenchCon. Are you guys going to WorkbenchCon? I am not. I think I'm going. I'm going.
1: I am I'm not. not.
2: When is it? Oh. Feb- February.
1: February something. 20 something? Yeah. 23rd. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's around It's around that date. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm probably going to drive there. I guess I'm going to.
0: You guys know. You're picking yeah. up a bandsaw on the way back. Let me guess.
1: I was I'm gonna visit my bandsaw. I'm gonna go visit it at Keith Rucker's studio. Keith Rucker's (laughs) restoring my big giant four foot diameter wheel bandsaw. So I was gonna go me me and a couple guys are gonna go visit Keith Rucker. That was the plan. He lives
0: outside the city, but in the state. Yeah. Right on. Georgia. Oh, yes. It's yes. in Atlanta, for anybody that doesn't know. That, yeah. I guess I didn't say that. Uh, yeah, WorkbenchCon is a cool, uh, it's a, a really cool event. And I hope it happens this year. didn't happen, you know, last year. Yeah. Last two years, maybe? I don't even remember. But um, I'm looking forward to actually being around some other maker people. It would be nice. So. Yeah. Are you going to meet that guy that's named after the trolls? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Hi, my name is Trolls. But all the people, now all the people that I met that year are like, wait a minute, is Mm. my name the troll name? Or, yeah, sorry. Only one of them. All right. Well, you guys got anything to recommend this week? It's not, yeah, let's go with Herman (laughs) because there's not that many Hermans out there. Yeah. They're home trolling (laughs) everyone. That's true.
1: I have a recommendation. The first I want to talk about Frank Hallworth doing my toolbox. I think it's really important that everybody go and look at Frank Hallworth. Doing my little uh, tab and slot toolbox with the gear-driven bottom drawer. Yeah, that
2: seems too complicated yeah. for
1: me. I agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. I agree. <laughs> it's it's actually quite simple, but you know, Frank Frank just has such a beautiful, fun time working. So it's just a joy to watch him. And uh, and then I, me and Taylor last night. It's very rare that we sit and watch YouTube together. We watched like ten videos in a row of this company, this company, this channel called Early American, and it's just this girl and a couple of her friends basically put YouTube videos up like a little tiny window onto life in the early 1800s, late 1700s and cooking, making things in the kitchen, preparing food, preparing the household, early American. And some of the videos have lots of views. And it's just uh, it's like very voyeuristic the way it came out. Taylor, Taylor had seen it and she's like, do you want to see the most boring video on all of YouTube? I'm like, sure. And it was preparing breakfast on the early American channel, which happens to have like millions of views, the video. And we sat and watched like 20 minutes of this girl making breakfast in an open pit stove, you know, as if it was 18, 1803 or 1805.
0: Learn a lot. Cool. No Twitter. No, no Twitter. They didn't have that in early America. Yeah, a
1: lot of things they didn't have, but it's crazy. Just to think of like how far this uh evolution of day-to-day has become. It's crazy. David, what you got? I got two
2: uh kind of in the same field, but uh so the first one is a guy by the name of Brad Anderson Jr. He made a plug-in for Fusion three sixty that uh it's for guitar makers. And so once you install this plugin, you put in, uh, so it makes a fretboard for you. So you put in basically how many strings you want. You want, um, your, your radius as well as your scale length and a bunch of other parameters. And then it spits out a guitar neck in Fusion 360. It's bonkers. Um, it, it 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 just spits out the fretboard and gives you kind of like a rough start for the body and, and the head, but you then have to go and shape the, the neck the way you want. But uh, all the precision stuff is all made for you. It is this guy he only has four videos on his YouTube channel and they're all really good. And this plugin is absolutely amazing. So that's number one. And then another one is a guy by the name of Austin Shanner and another guitar maker using a CNC and goes through the process of uh, he is designing this, this crazy fancy guitar doing the neck and the, and the body and two sided CNC operations. And his videos are like, we're we're talking like 45 minutes an hour long, like deep dives into, mm. into this stuff. Also really good. So I've been jumping back into the guitar making stuff. The, the, the video that I'm going to make, I'm not going to use the CNC. Um, if you're only going to make one guitar, the CNC route will take you four times as long instead of just going and, and cutting it out. But uh, the guitar that I'm going to make, I actually want to be repeatable. So the first one I'm going to make by hand, but then the rest I would like to do in the CNC. And plus there's a the challenge of, of drawing it up and having our machine make it. So um, yeah, I'm back in the, back in the guitar world right now. So check out those two channels.
0: I'm looking to, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with that. <clears throat> Um, I've got a couple as well. Um, One is our buddy, Laura Kampf. She made a center console um, for her her van, truck thing, whatever it is. And I love Laura's videos because she is like... She just goes for something, and sometimes it just doesn't work, and she's totally fine with that. I think it's great. But um, she ran into... I think she's done two separate parts of this video, if I remember correctly. Like the the console, the entire console, and then this little tambour box, kind of with a sliding tambour thing. It's just beautiful. I've always wanted to do that. She's done it a bunch of times. I've always wanted to build a center console replacement for my land cruiser. Now she's done it. So I have to like I have to wait till Laura does something and then wait another six months or a year and then like maybe I can do it and I don't won't look like I'm yeah. copying
2: So I plan on doing one for the Impala and then i see hers and i'm like hers is so amazing dang it yeah. I, I mean i'm still going to make mine yeah. but now i just feel like i it's not that i care about what other people think now i will be comparing mine to hers
0: yeah yeah i guess i cuz i was thinking about that when i was watching hers i'm like well i mean i can absolutely use hers as inspiration mention it in the video and be like you know she did this and now i'm going to take i'm going to steal this part from it and i'm going to try to you know but yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's hard to be like, well, I'm going to make one that may not be quite as good. Anyway, so that's one video. The other one is, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this guy before or not, but the channel is called Mike FN Garage, and he does car stuff. He fixes cars, and he's been working on a car magia. He does a bunch of different stuff. But he does, as far as I can tell, everything in his driveway, and like the simplest way possible, kind of a quick, you know, it's, he's not like a, an auto body perfectionist or whatever. He just, um, kind of does it, but does a really good job with it. So he did this newest video or one of the newest ones is about painting this Carmen and he used a Harbor freight spray gun. So the video is a lot of just time-lapse, but he talks about how he masks around, uh, sharp corners which I thought was really an interesting way to feather. He just uses painters tape, but he folds over the so there's a non-sticky edge that's kind of flapped over a sharp corner. You just have to watch it to see what I'm talking about. But it gives you a natural feathering depending on which way you spread it, you spray it, and that's something I never would have even thought to think about. You know, um, so he goes through the entire process of painting this car with this cheap gun. You know, not the most expensive paint in the world, not the most expensive primer or whatever. And I learned a whole lot just from watching him do it. I've learned a lot from his other videos about patching, uh, you know, these curved body, these compound curved body panels and stuff. So he has tons of good stuff, uh, I think, for any person who's working on a car, whether it's Volkswagen or not. I think he just seems to do a lot of Volkswagen stuff. So go check out Mike FN Garage. Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool you guys got anything else that's it oh no I'm good all right cool well uh thanks for the questions from twitter we appreciate it everybody and if we didn't get to your question uh maybe we'll hang on to it and do it in that's the future sweet. but uh thanks for that thanks for listening and we'll see you next time I'll later thank you bye guys love you
1: bye